One year later, it has been a real exciting ride Getting to have my loved ones here by my side Teenage me would love to find a reason to why Cause I'm shy now This version of Joel wants to be your talking guy Another new season of Not Your Average Joel starts right now. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not Your Average Joel. So I'm not in my room. I'm, I'm doing another in-person podcast recording, which I'm excited about. But before I tell you where we are, I want to welcome uh, a new guest to my podcast. This is Harris. I've known him for a long time. I've actually known him since like the elementary school days. And I was telling him before the recording that the reason why I definitely know I've known him since the elementary school days is because I actually have a funny story that happened back in fifth grade. So um, we went to this camp, like a lot of us fifth graders went to this camp called Camp Cosby that's here in Alabama. And anyway, we went for, I don't know, like a couple days. And during during the trip, um, like his dad came on the trip as a chaperone, and um, and anyway, I was uh, I had like sunscreen, and I somehow ended up getting it in my eyes. And the whole day that we were there, I was like crying and whining because my eyes were burning the whole time. And I guess your dad knew that um, that my eyes were burning the whole time. I was crying, and at first, I think he was a. Uh, he was like, I'm not really mad that I was crying, but he was like, like you need to stop crying or like or something like that. But anyways, he ended up helping me uh, with my situation with getting my eyes uh, like feeling more better because the whole day I felt like I was crying. And then on I top of that, yeah, it was a lot better. Than what he treated me, <laughs> he slapped me in the back of the head, suck it up. <laughs> yeah, at first I think he did do something like, oh. You know, like imitated how I was crying, and he's like, you know, you gotta stop crying, like. And then, like, I think he, I think also when he realized that, I think I was homesick. That was my first time away from home, and I think uh, he softened up a little bit, so he ended up helping me with that situation. But, uh, but that's like one big reason why I definitely knew that I've known Harris for that long, just because. Um, because of us going to elementary school together and then also that Kim Cosby trip. So, yes, yeah, so shout out to the dad. Shout out to Mr. Godfrey. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, so, so we are actually in, uh, Harris's business, which is his martial arts school. This is awesome that I'm getting to do this in here because I haven't told y'all what the topic is about, but it's in relations to his business. So I first want to welcome him to the channel, and first I want to thank you for letting me be here, and uh, thank you for being on the channel. Well, thank you for coming. I, I appreciate the, being, being a guest. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad that we're able to get to do this. I know we've been in talks of wanting to do this for a while, and I'm glad that we are uh, finally getting to do it, and I'm excited for people to hear about this topic and all of that. But before I tell everybody what this topic is about, I kind of uh, want you to just give us a brief like introduction to this place. Like when did you open this place up and like maybe what are some things that you offer here at your martial arts school? All right. Uh, this has been in the works honestly since high school. But uh, when I met a previous co-owner, Greg Abbott, you know, he's one that really gave me that second gear of it was it's actually possible so we opened up january 1st 2022 and we've been running ever since uh four days a week 
competitions every weekend. Uh, I offer traditional martial arts, wrestling, kickboxing, uh, and not a lot of other firearm schools offer, or firearm schools, not a, not a lot of other martial arts schools offer firearms training. Well, not everybody carries around nunchucks, staffs, swords, uh, commas, stuff like that. And I keep setting hardwood chucks in my truck and everybody wants to laugh till you break them out. Yeah. But we carry firearms nowadays. We're, we're in the south, we're in Alabama, especially Blunt County. Uh, I'm gonna get my, get my gun. Yeah. So not a lot of people uh, uh, offer firearms training. And to me, that's kind of scary because, you know, it takes somebody's life, but you can also use it to save somebody's life. So I offer, Firearms training of pistols, uh, your rifles, bolt guns, uh, shotguns, whatever it may be. And in the credit class, we're going to learn uh, the self-defense. Like if you're unarmed and someone has a firearm, we also offer that plus with a bladed weapon like you're not. Mm -hmm. uh, also, along with the uh, firearms training, offer uh, medical classes. Uh, I've got an outside guy. Uh, he's coming in. He's taught at least one class for me. Uh, did two tours as combat medic, uh, one to Iraq, one to Afghanistan. He's got 19 years paramedic experience, and uh, down in Tarrant, he's actually trying to. Originally, he told me this week he's trying to transfer up here to uh, Luxor. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm trying to offer everything that I can. We take kids uh, from the age of five up until you know if you can walk, you more than welcome to get out here on the mats like my dad. He's 61. He still goes and competes. Awesome. Thing. Uh, just two weeks ago from the day he was fighting 18 year old at 61 years old. Wow. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> nobody in his age bracket, so he fought down. Yeah. Thing. So he'll, he'll still get out there to be a 61 year old man. He'll he'll put it on you for real quick, but if you can uh, get old rope a dope from him, get out of breath, then you can go in and pull <laughs> football. And there, there's his secret if you ever fight my dad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I try, it's a dangerous world, so I, I'm trying to do what I can. Like, I offer. Uh, women's only self-defense classes. I offer uh, women's only pistol classes and uh, everything like that. Uh, so I, I'm doing what I can to make people more confident, stronger, and uh, headstrong and, you know, physically, but doing what I can to offer what I know and what I love. Yeah, I, I love it. That's awesome. I think that it's really good that you offer so many different variety of things that, you know, so many people may just come in here and assume it's just one thing that you offer and that's it. And then they may not want to come because they may not just be interested in like just karate, but you offer so much more than that. And you also offer it to not just like kids, you offer it to adults as well, which is awesome because uh, last year at the beginning of 2022, I actually came in here for a couple of uh, sessions and I, I enjoyed the whole process. I just couldn't fully commit to it. But for those that are able to commit to it, I think it's awesome that, you know, if you can take the time to to work on yourself in that way, as far as things like self-defense, I think is really awesome. And that it just shows that it's never too late to learn something new. I think that it gives people hope that, you know, that they don't have to, that it wasn't too late, that maybe they wanted to learn as a kid, those kind of things. And now they're getting to learn it as an adult. I think it's uh, pretty awesome that you offer that to everybody of all ages. Yeah, also uh, last year, I've actually shut the class down because nobody's showing up and mm -hmm. I'm trying to advertise it, but 
on Friday afternoons, I had uh, what I call Golden Ages kickboxing. That's a lot better sound than senior citizens class. <laughs> yeah. So they had to be at least 65 years old and retired or on a limited income. And it was a free class pretty much just to get your senior citizens out of their house from sitting on the couch and keep them active. I had my wife's great aunt, it was her grandmother's sister. I don't know how we consider that or yeah. call that but she actually came and she'd come she came probably about like 12 times out of the year but that's more than everybody else but mm -hmm. i know that the guys that i retire or that retire that i used to work with when you hear them they just sit on the couch and about five years later they pass away mm -hmm. because they're not active they've been active for 60 70 years and now they just sit down so i tried to keep them active uh one of my old coaches down uh gulf shores and over in gainesville georgia they offer what they call rock steady boxing and it's for Parkinson's disease, mm -hmm. uh, senior citizens and stuff. And I want to eventually get into that. It's just time's my enemy right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't have time where I can fully commit. Kind of like what you were saying last year. You got a busy schedule. We kind of talked about that before the podcast. It takes a lot of time commitment to come in here and do something like this. And uh, I know you're super busy. Yeah, <laughs> super busy. So you got you got to pick and choose. And I know you're having fun doing what you're doing. You're doing this. So and travel. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely understand that. So, But I did, I am glad you did come out here and try it out. So, yeah. See what we do. Yeah, most definitely. So, I definitely uh, recommend everybody to come here for sure. They got a lot to offer here, and I think it's really awesome, you know, to, and it's a, not as, a, like, to me, I feel like just the, the space of it, I feel like it's not as intimidating as going into, like, a huge, like, a place and yeah and i feel like there's more eyes on you watching you and i feel like this is a little bit more of a i feel like you're gonna you're gonna get some good stuff out of this one being here and you feel like uh have like more time like having more maybe one-on-one -on -one moments with your instructor here because there's uh it may be just a smaller setting than like some of the other places so i definitely uh, recommend everybody to come out here it's here in uh, locust fork alabama which is in blount county so if you're in the area or if you live near the area or or even if um you just don't have one in your area and this is the closest one i definitely recommend it for sure so i actually have a guy that he drives 50 minutes one way just to come here does he wow that's awesome and he's the one i take and do all the big fights with so uh, he's actually doing a mission trip down to i think he said ecuador going to spread the word uh to some tribesmen down there oh yeah actually uh are very against outsiders that yeah. you hear stories about so or uh, we would be going up to tennessee for a big muay thai fight mm. so okay but he's he's doing that so i'm gonna try and catch him another fight around like september october area. yeah i think so uh shout out to him he's he's a good guy inside and out yeah that's awesome though yeah he's he's really committed he's committed to getting out here and also just committed to what he's doing as far as his mission trip too i think that's that sounds like a really good guy for sure someone that's really loyal and dedicated he is uh, uh, I, I i really enjoy him coming in here yeah yeah so i'm sure there's that's definitely like one of the amazing things is just getting to meet new people and uh and getting to just get to know them and then also uh seeing them grow in like their um maybe their karate skills or just any kind whatever skill that they're like trying to pursue here oh, yeah. i think that's awesome it's got his pros and cons of who walks in oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's pros and cons <laughs> yeah most definitely so 
So today, everybody, the topic of today is actually going to be on full circle moments. And I, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I know for one, we are kind of in Harris's full circle moment here. And, you know, I think everybody in life goes through a full circle moment. Um, it could be a small full circle moment or it could just be some major. It just depends on your definition of a full circle moment. And I have you know, a few questions that I want to ask Harris. And, you know, I definitely would love to hear his answers of, you know, just mainly about this full circle moment or, or even if he wants to bring up any other full circle moments that he's gone through in life too, definitely I'm open to that. So um, my first question that comes to mind, which you've somewhat kind of answered in a way, but I would like for you to go a little bit more into this as, uh, as did you always want to open up your own school where you can teach others about like martial arts and stuff like that? Yes and no. Uh, I started when I was really, really young. Uh, actually, before I came to Pinson, so I went to Robert Park uh, up until fourth grade, and then I transferred over to start fourth grade there at Kermit. But I took a little bit there, and then I transitioned into other sports uh, outside of school sports, and then I got back into it. Honestly, back in about eighth grade, my sister was four years above us, and so she was a senior when I was uh, we were in eighth grade. No, she was a yeah, she was a senior when we were freshmen. Sorry, mix that all up. But uh, you know, the older sibling trying to aggravate the younger sibling. Yeah, we're gonna stuff you in the lockers. They're gonna whoop your butt. You're a freshman. This that, and the other. And I was like, oh crap, I can't have this happen to me. Like, yeah, I'm no fighter. And uh, so I actually reached out back to my dad and my mom about uh, training, and uh, uh, they found me a gym over trustful. And I started going there. And I was like, wow, why is my dad not teaching me? And later on, uh, actually a few years later, he, I didn't ask him, he just told me, the reason why I have you going here instead of me teaching you is because I wanted you to earn your black belt and I didn't want, which I've had to earn it with him. I mean, he can't even crack a smile. 25 push-ups right then and there as a six, seven, eight-year-old kid drop down and go. Mm -hmm. And he was very hard-nosed. That's why I was kind of surprised when he said he softened up. Kind of, <laughs> Camp Cosby, he was mean as, even when I was a kid, but that's, that's my dad. But that's, yeah. that's made me to who I am today. But uh, So he sent me off uh, to a different gym. He, we were there every night. So uh, during wrestling season. But uh, he didn't want other people thinking being my dad, he just gave me my black belt. Oh, yeah, like favoritism. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but what they didn't know is what I knew. He wasn't going to just give it to me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, that's what got me back into martial arts. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. Uh, I love doing it. Uh, my first competition, I was 16. I, that was, my first competition was the only time I ever fought my age bracket because I was literally a head taller than everybody else. So it was almost like a breeze. I wouldn't say a breeze because I mean, short people, they, they're feisty, they're quick. Those are the ones that you not want to fight because they're so quick. Yeah. They're, they're harder to fight. Your lighter weight guys are hard to fight because you can't, if you can't touch them, you can't hurt them. Yeah. And uh, everybody thinks it's the heavyweights and you just dance around, but then you get a heavyweight that fights like a lightweight. That's, that's a dangerous guy right there. Yeah. But uh, I started competing, uh, did my first, first fight. Uh, then my dad bumped me up as a 16-year-old fighting in the adult division. And from there on out, it was adult division, 18 to 36-year-old me, and I was fighting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just enjoyed competing. I liked the feeling of, hey, I'm doing this. I didn't even 
do it anymore because I thought I was going to get bullied. I tried not to wear uh, tournament shirts, uh, any kind of shirt, clothing that said, hey, this is what I do. Because you're always going to have that one person. Like, let's see how tough you are. I've actually had it happen across across the highway right here. Oh, wow. And I had a guy pull a gun on me. Whoa. Yeah. Scary. Didn't know it at the time, but it was unloaded. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that because he knew I did stuff like this. He was like, hey, I want to see how quick you are. Mm. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, when I was going through school, you know, everybody's, you know, chest bowed out like I'm the best guy in school, blah, 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 blah. So I never wore any kind of shirts. I just went because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed going to class. I enjoyed seeing my own progress. Uh, they would video me every time I fall, whether it be competitively or in class and kind of like watching tapes with football. And it just pushed me, pushed me, pushed me. And then, you know, he, back in his day, he was sponsored by Coors Brewing Company, American Airlines, uh, his team that he fought on, uh, actually won the world title for team fights and uh, fought the French team uh, down in the Bahamas for the world title. How awesome. I had a lot of pressure on me. Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. a lot of pressure on me, so, but I also had a good coach. So uh, I had my instructors there in Trussell, but also I'd go there for like three to four hours having a class and then I'd go home for about another hour or two plus a 35 minute truck ride home on, hey, this is what you did wrong, you need to do this, and then mm -hmm. we'd do it. So I mean, I, was, I had a lot of uh, outside source and just one person that a lot of other people I went to the gym but didn't have. Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate, blessed, and lucky, however you want to call it. I was I'm thankful for it. Because yeah. like I said, it made me who I am now. Uh, got me to the level of competition that I was at, and uh, I just did that for years, and then I kind of faded out. Uh, work got heavy, uh, working where I am now. We work uh, five tens, eight hours on Saturdays. Well, what do you do on Saturdays? You got to compete. I mean, there'd be times, you know, we'd, it'd be a local tournament. We'd drive three hours, go fight, or it'd be further than that, and you got to sleep in the truck. Yeah, and it just depends on how bad you want it. So that kind of cut me out of uh, my tournament going. I started working where I'm at now, and with that, I started getting into the farm work. And uh, I got a farm up in Oneonta where I take people to go shoot. Uh, we've got short range, obviously, on farm, and we got up to 550 yards if you really want to stretch it out. Oh, nice. And, uh, so I got into that, took about a four-year hiatus off. We used to go on fight nights every once in a blue moon on a Friday night out to Aniston, drive an hour and a half to five for three hours, go eat dinner, come home at midnight. Yeah. That was fun, but when I was competing, I was like, man, I'd like to show people how to do this, but I never took any steps towards it. Uh, once I got my black belt from them, I went about three or four months, kind of got out of it, started doing fighting as an independent fighter. And me and my dad actually traveled up to Tennessee because there's a federation of independent schools, so I don't have to fight or train by anybody's curriculum. I don't have to brandish anybody's logo, uh, patch, uh, symbol, whatever it may be. I can fight or fight to train under or teach others under my own name, my own curriculum, my own logo. Uh, it is me, but I'm part of a federation. If I need help, I can reach out to them, mm -hmm. and they are going to help me. Like we're all one big chain. But uh, 
they cost money. Oh yeah, they cost money, and I didn't have money, yeah. <laughs> so that uh, that kind of petered out on me. And we just me and Dad kept competing. We, we kept traveling, trying to get my name out there, make my name big, um, trying to find someone the right person at the right time. And uh, about three years ago, uh, Drake Abbott. Uh, I got out of the military. Uh, he was in the army. Got out as a sergeant, and uh, he hit me up about, "Hey, didn't you used to do karate and fight and stuff like that?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, I used to do that." He's like, "Would you mind like showing me stuff, some stuff?" Which, man, hey, let's let's box. Not in a malicious way. He wanted to learn, and me and him right over here, about a mile from the gym, we met up. Went down to his basement, we started training, uh, fighting each other, and he kind of rekindled an old flame of mine. Because, like I said, I took about four years to uh, leave and went into the firearm world. And mm -hmm. so we got to talking one day, and I was like, Yeah, man, it was a wild idea years ago about doing my own thing because I didn't know at the time, but he wanted to be a personal trainer. Oh. Yeah. And so we got this crazy idea of opening a weight gym. And our strength and conditioning gym and a karate school. Yeah. And he actually, I, I mean, my wife, my family, they all would, would support me and everything. But I, kids our age, I don't want to say kids, it's only like three years ago. But uh, people our age, I didn't think, you know, we could open a business our age. Like, I didn't go to school for it. I don't have a business license. I have a business license. I don't have a business degree. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know the first thing. I know karate. I know mm -hmm. fighting. I know self-defense. Uh, I don't know the first thing it takes to open a business than he did. So that that was my, I guess, that last little push. Okay, this is what I need to do. Yeah. But uh, before that, I actually... You know, I weld by trade and everything. I weld aluminum, hand steel, uh, TIG, man stick. I can do whatever you want to. Just fuse these two pieces of metal together, I can do. I actually went up to uh, ULA to take a weld test and build space shuttles. Oh, and, wow. Uh, I remember my father-in-law, he owns his, I know I'm all over the place, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna come together. Yeah. My father-in-law owns his own plumbing company, old school plumbing, uh, great guy, business, and just gives gives the Indian everybody take a shirt off the back and he'll give it to you pouring rain hailstorm he'll give it to you mm -hmm. awesome guy um, I remember he, he said a prayer like you know not asking for his own company but if this is the way you want me to go make it easy for me and here we are five years later he's running a very successful plumbing business wow. I did the same thing went took my uh, two tests stainless steel TIG aluminum TIG test on the way home I said the same prayer and for about two weeks, I didn't hear anything out of either one. Uh, business side of opening a karate school or building space shuttles. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. I built space shuttles. <laughs> and um, I'm over in Georgia uh, doing a what they call a campaign. And it's like, hey, we would like for you to come back up here and uh, up to ULA. We'd like for you to come back up here. I'm like, I'm in Georgia for the next week and a half. Like, I can't do that when they're like, all right, well, uh, about a week and a half, we'll give you a phone call. And I never got a phone call. I, was, I guess it was either drop everything I've got and go up there or continue doing what I'm doing. And I was like, I can't just leave a company truck and trailer and 
Georgia Power <laughs> over here. And uh, so I, I got back, never heard anything. I got a phone call from uh, Drake and we'll start a tournament for a karate school. And I was like, well, I guess this is what I need to do. Yeah. And uh, it took us a while. It took us about six months to get this built. Uh, the previous uh, person that was leasing this building, he had a while to get it built. He's in now, it's just, just right across the road right here. <laughs> but uh, it took him a while to get out, so we're supposed to be in May of 2021, but we actually got in in November. Uh, 2021 and we started remodeling every day after work. Mm. Uh, Drake was able to spend a little bit more time in here than I was uh, living a mile away. I had a 20 minute drive home so he spent a little more time here. He got here a little bit quicker than I did due to uh, his work schedule. Yeah. And we opened the doors in 2022 uh, January 1st and uh, I get the enjoyment of seeing people come in here break out of their shells uh, I've had people in here that their first two weeks are not even on the mats. They're back there with mom and daddy, you know, in the kids' class doing the moves. And then now they're out here running wild and people are looking at them like, wow, that kid is awesome. Yeah. And everything. So uh, I finally took that leap of faith with a good friend of mine. He took that same leap of faith uh, and I actually got to do what uh, I guess me and my dad wanted to do about 12 years ago and open on Christ School. Wow. And here we are. Was, that was a short story of what actually went, in, went into it and everything that got me to where I am right now. Yeah. It was uh, long, long nights, long weekends, opening this up and getting myself like to the level to where I can't teach because anybody can get their black belt open to school. We see it all the time, especially with Taekwondo. They're, they're here one day, gone the next. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Hey, I feel like if you're going to be teaching, you've got to have some kind of credibility behind yourself. And yeah. I've, I feel like I have some credibility behind myself. I've won a lot of stuff a lot of people haven't won. Yeah. And uh, I've gone places a lot of people probably never go. And everything, even in something that they enjoy, not, doesn't have to be fine. Yeah. So I've, I fall on the smallest stage in the world, and I fall on the world stage. So don't announce it a whole lot going back to you never know who wants to try there's yeah, always, yeah. Some, there's always someone better oh, yeah. can't win them all <laughs> unfortunately it, it sucks but you can't win them all but uh, yeah I, I enjoy teaching those days where it's like man I don't even want to have class I just want to go home and go to sleep Yeah, uh, especially you know working that full time job and doing this in the afternoon like uh, there's times me and my wife we don't get home till 9 o'clock at night mm -hmm. yeah. and I gotta be back up around 4.30 4.15 in the morning ready to go again. Mm, yeah. yeah. No, it'll pay off. It'll pay off. I'd like for this to turn into a full-time thing. Uh, I'm not trying to become a millionaire, just financial freedom. I'd like to be able to eat healthy, work out, and teach others how to punch other people in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, I'd like to have multiple schools, uh, multiple people. Uh, but that's that takes time. Mm -hmm. uh, I know when I first got the idea of teaching where I taught at, you had to pay the gym owner to teach for them. You mm -hmm. had to have a certification. Hey, I'm authorized to teach this style. I don't believe it that way. The older I've gotten, I'm glad I didn't open up when I just got out of high school. Uh, I've probably done things 
very, very closed-minded, closed doors, uh, like I was shown because I went to a different school. I didn't like that. They are now more open than what they were. Mm -hmm. I don't know how open. I haven't stepped sat in there in class in like 12 years there. Yeah. But uh, I, all I knew is the way they talked. I didn't start mingling with other school owners, other competitors, uh, athletes, and everything like that. And uh, so, I mean, I'll have to have a piece of paper. Of course, little Johnny's mom and dad, they want to see that piece of paper. Are you authorized to teach? Well, yeah. Yeah, I, am. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I know what I'm talking about. I, I, they look around, I, I know what I'm doing mm -hmm. and everything. Uh, so that, that kind of deterred me when I was younger. I didn't want to pay money to teach what they taught. Uh, yeah. I didn't like what they taught. I, I took what I, certain things I liked from what they taught teach it here but I didn't like it everything I didn't like the way they taught it um, just because you show up in class doesn't mean you get the next belt yeah exactly kind of thing. They, I don't know how far away they've gone I don't mean to talk bad about them because they are great they are great people they're good they do they know what they're talking about yeah they know denying that they're very good at what they do but when I went through I saw things I didn't agree with so I was I was raised yeah and everything and i i've talked to him all the time now we've remade and everything and i i talked to him the competitions still like i said they're nice people yeah good people and everything but uh, uh you want me to go on any kind of details of getting up to the point of teaching or yeah if you want to go into that you can uh i, I always hate people that brand boast and stuff so that's, yeah. I, that's why, the only reason why I didn't go into it um, I guess going back to like I said I have a lot of pressure on my shoulders my dad being who he was back in his prime yeah before me and my sister came along he, he set that aside to take care of us you know like any parent would and um, so he he started coaching me he started pushing me i mean there's a lot of truck rides even back when i was racing motorcycles there's a lot of truck rides home where i'm just bawling my eyes out yeah he's just getting in my butt and i'm like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> so i started winning he, he wasn't griping at me as much i was like man it's okay i'm gonna start doing this well probably not the best way to parent or coach but like i said he can win that win today so yeah, I, started, I started winning uh he he started Competing after I started winning again, um, he, he, he's old. <laughs> he's old. He don't move like he used to, but he he will surprise the fire out of you. But uh, back in high school, ran the Alabama karate circuit. I got first place. You know, I was state champ. A lot of people knew that. I didn't ever wear my state champ jacket. Mm -hmm. I, I think I wore it like one or two times. Uh, I didn't I didn't like the fact of being a show off. So I, I won Alabama state championship. Um, man's advanced fighting. Uh, I, as, as a under 18 year old, I won that. Um, I've won Battle of Atlanta, Class A fighter. Other than the U.S. Open, is probably the largest tournament in America. Mm -hmm. Competitions, people from out of the country will come in and fight that. Uh, I got the little gold cup right over there on the window seals. Uh, that's probably my favorite trophy. Because of that, uh, I got a picture on our Facebook and Instagram with me holding that with uh, Bill Superfoot Wallace, uh, multi-world kickboxing champion. Sit there and talk to the wall, apparently. My dad would say, he'd sit there and talk to the wall here. 
carry on a full blown conversation with the wall out there and win a world title. Really yeah. bad dude. So I got a picture with him holding my cup over in Atlanta. It's a three day three day fight. I mean, mm. it's, a, it's huge. There's three or four thousand competitors. Wow. I didn't realize they had some that last that long, like three days worth of yep. fighting. Is it kind of like rounds, like yep. more, like a yeah, tournament? Yeah, experience bracket, experience bracket. You know, they got open hand forms, weapon forms. They got what they call creative forms now, where I can just call it more gymnastics and hauling and screaming. I, I'll do <laughs> flips. I don't care around the boom box with me. Hang on, I can't fight you. I got to have my music playing first. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I don't believe in all that. I, I'm, I'm trying to bring back the old school hard style fighting of kickboxing and karate. Yeah. Karate's got such a bad name for it now. Like people think we're gonna go out there and dance around because that is so popular now. Nobody wants to get punched in the face. Yeah. So I'm trying to bring back that hard style fighting. Like I got five and six year olds in here walking out with black eyes and stuff, loving it. Hugging each other afterwards. Yeah. But in the ring it's we get down to business. Oh yeah. And everything. So uh I'm trying to bring that back to the name of karate. And uh, so I, I did that. I won Alabama State Champ. Um, and in July, over in Oxford, they have what's called the Super Fights. Mm-hmm. You can do it a point fighting or a knockdown, bare knuckle, or I would say even make close, but back then it was less than that. I mean, you have like three sixteenths inch foam. And if you pull your glove back tight enough and you make a tight fist, your knuckles actually stick out past the pad. So you know, use mm-hmm. that information. I will. Yeah. But uh, we, we were doing that, and I got to fight in front of the right person at the right time. Uh, Tommy Denson over in Clay County in Ashland. He was one of Team USA's coaches for Team Alabama. Yeah. And I fought in front of him. Uh, I felt felt like I got cheated by the judges. It happens. I've, I've slicked some judges over and won fights, and I've been slicked over by the judges and got called bad bad stuff and I got called bad stuff that day. I threw a temper tantrum. I didn't like do it in the ring. I walked off in the locker room throwing a temper tantrum, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. Doing what you're not supposed to do because, not because of the other fighter, but because of the judges. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's one of the worst things is to lose because of the judge. Not the other fighter. Hey, you beat me fair and square? Cool. I'm going to come back stronger next time. I'm going to do what I can. I want to win fair, but I want to win lo- or lose. Fair. I don't want to lose it all, but I want to, if it, if I lose, I want it to be fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, I fall in front of Tommy Danson. He didn't see me throw a tantrum. He probably would have never said nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I got to jump on with uh, Team USA uh, for the World Games, and to me that was like, okay, I'm kind of doing something. Like that. Yeah. And uh, that that was wild to me that I got the opportunity some little kid from Benton, Alabama was getting fired at the World Games. Yeah. A lot of people didn't know that. Uh, I didn't blast it everywhere. It was years ago. I was probably early 20s. And uh, I was 20, 21 or 22, maybe 23 at the time. I was supposed to go to Joanna's South Africa, uh, Joanna's Bird, sorry, South Africa. Mm-hmm. And well, I'd go over to his his school in Clay County about once a month, once every other month for uh, team fights or team team practice, mm-hmm. compete. My dad, he was on the team also. He was gonna fight in the senior division. Just, that's what they call it. He wasn't senior at the time. He's still in his uh, mid to early 50s at the time. Okay. And um, so me and him both were competing, a bunch of people that we saw, uh, some good, 
very good friends of ours, good guys over in Mississippi. They even, they were fighting for Team Alabama. They were driving from Mississippi all the way over to Clay County. Yeah. Uh, training, and we all got there, fall, making each other better. Uh, and uh, I started working down where I'm at now. I'm not going to say the name, but we're working now. And like I said, we worked 10 hours on Monday through Friday, and we worked eight hours on Saturday. So that kind of took away a lot of my training time. Yeah. And uh, I, I hired in as a temp, and you had to be have two weeks off to make open ceremonies, be there through the whole competition, and fly back. Well, I had no vacation time. I just went and bought my truck, and I was planning on proposing to my wife, so I went and bought a ring. So I'm like $35,000 in debt right now. Yeah. I, like, I kind of need this job, and they won't let me off for vacation. I told them exactly what I'm doing. Um, going to represent USA, fighting in the World Games, and uh, they said, talk about it. So I was kind of caught between do I go fight or do I keep my job? And at the time, I was young, stupid, and I was like, I've got to have this job. This is the job. There's no other job like this job. So I chose the job. Yeah. Missed out on that. And then I was kind of lingering around with Team USA, still talked to them, worked out with them. And there's a big fight for the World Games, I think, over in India or it was uh, Great Britain. And I was going to try and take a shot at that. Had vacation time. Had a week's worth of vacation. I saved it up. I you was know, starting to save money for uniforms, flight ticket, uh, hotel, food, entrance fee, all that stuff. So they didn't pay for that. Yeah. Wild as that is, they didn't pay for that. Uh, so I started doing that. And same thing, you got to make open ceremonies or you do not compete. Well, when I would compete and open ceremonies was outside my vacation time, so I couldn't go to that one. And I just, I never went back. And here, a few years ago, you know, World Games came to Birmingham. Yeah. My company actually reached out to me, hey, would you want to represent us at the World Games, blah, blah, blah. They didn't come out and say that, but are you competing in the World Games? If so, what can we do to help? I'm like, no, I can't find the World Games because you don't. Like, <laughs> I missed two World Games. Like, you think they're gonna put their trust back in me? And it sucked because I was at that level. I was on Team USA. Uh, I was about to fight in our backyard. I was going to show people that we went to school with. Like, uh, we all live our own lives. We're like, hey, I didn't make a crap life for myself. Like, I'm doing something out here. Yeah. And, uh, I never announced it when I knew y'all, but I'm out here doing something. And it, it sucked, man. Not going to lie. I hated it. Like, here it is, and here I am going to work. Yeah. Kind of thing. So. I kind of, that kind of really put me in a bad spot. That kind of made me kind of turn my back to the fighting world. That's when I took those four years off, and I just jumped into the firearms. It, it was a bad taste in my mouth. I turned and tucked my tail and shed a tear and started something else. Yeah. And then that's when I uh, met up with Drake, and uh, we started this. Like, my, I'm done stuff a lot of people in the world can't say they've done. I know I did go represent the U.S. Uh, down in Mazatlan, Mexico. Uh, me and Dad did it for team fights. Came out undefeated, gold medalist. Wow. So I did do that. I didn't make that uh, announcement. I, I made an announcement on Facebook, but I had like, what, 60 friends on Facebook. I was <laughs> not the most Facebook savvy person, but uh, I keep that medal at my house and my nightstand by my bed. 
Yeah. I, I, I bring a bunch of my medals here, trophies here, USA uniform, Corps uniform, American Airlines uniform, hanging up stuff. But that medal, that one's my first out of the country. Team USA on my back, uh, rack tag team, going out of the country and competing and actually winning. So yeah. that, those are some of my bigger accomplishments. Um, I know I fought for the NBL series, which is the National Black Belt League. I know going to one of their big fights, had a fight, four-time world champ, uh, and I didn't win. <laughs> didn't win. I came close. He beat me. Judges called by one point. Oh, wow. So, uh, but uh, I went into that ranking number one in the NBL for the Southeast region. Uh, just a tall, skinny, lanky guy out there just trying to punch kick people <laughs> and everything. Uh, and, uh, but, yeah, I, I've, I don't care if I win now. I've gotten past that part. Obviously, everybody, I want to create winners. I want to win. I, you want to win at life and everything mm-hmm. you do. So, yeah, I do want to go in there and win, but I want to see others win. I've done my time. I've made a name for myself. I've accomplished things a lot of people will never have the opportunity to do. Yeah. So I just want to go out there and see other people do the same thing, have that same feeling that I have of accomplishment. I know I didn't talk to a lot of people back in school from what I remember. So uh, I felt like I was kind of stating myself, but uh, uh, so I didn't get to really express that with anybody. So I want other people to go out and feel that sense of accomplishment and have that feeling with their friends and stuff. Yeah. I get more nervous now when I see my, my guys go out and fight. I, I get sick to my stomach. Oh, yeah, honestly. I bet. Uh, heck, I did Veterans Day Parade last year, and I about threw up. I was so <laughs> nervous because I got my guys on the back. Like, not because I don't have faith in them. It's just like they're they're giving it. They all have, giving, giving their all. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I hope they do so great. I hope the right person <laughs> sees them. Yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah, I, I get that 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 kind of uh, self-satisfaction of seeing seeing them turn into a full-blown athlete. I that's what I enjoy. Yeah, so I, I like the teaching point. Like you said, that full circle moment. Started, didn't know jack squat. Trained, worked my butt off, sacrificed a lot. I had a girlfriend going through school where a lot of people were out there partying, having girlfriends, this and the other. I, mm-hmm. I fought. And it got me to the level I was at. Yeah, because of that. So I sacrificed all that. Tried to open a school, finally opened a school, teaching, and now I'm putting other people in fights and training them. So that, that full circle moment was, uh, was worth it. Yeah. There's a lot of headache, not gonna lie. There's a lot of days, like I said, I just wanna go home, take a nap. <laughs> but I come in here, not last night, we had people from this side of the mansion wrecked all the way around five. And wow. uh, in, the, in the heat of the moment, it's like, yeah, here we are. Yeah, I got it now. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, let's see, that's what one thing I love about doing podcasts like this is even though I can know somebody for so long, like there's so much that I learn about a person. Like I didn't even know that you accomplished so much even in high school alone, you know, because I guess we maybe, I, for one thing, I was really quiet back in high school. So I, I probably literally didn't speak to I anybody. I was a turd. I was a turd. I'm not going to lie. I was a turd. Everybody, <laughs> I was. I don't like it I was back then. I, I wasn't like, oh, but I was a turd. I, yeah. I was your average teenage 
turd. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know, it's just random, but uh, but did you, were you on the wrestling team back in middle oh, school and high school? Okay, oh, so that's one thing I knew about you, so that by the time I knew that you were doing this, I was thinking, well, yeah, I guess that somewhat makes sense. I didn't know the whole journey of like the four or five year break or hiatus that you took from it, or, you know, just not really being as invested with it, either because of your job mm. or something like that. So, yeah, so I, I knew that, you know, once I heard that you were opening this up, I was thinking, even though I didn't know that whole in-between stuff, I feel like, well, it makes sense because like I knew you from high school as like someone that would do the wrestling with, was it like Coach Richardson? Yeah, yeah and I actually did that. Uh, he's like, man, why don't you come out and join the wrestling team? I was like, yeah, all right. Now I was like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have said that. So that's actually what got me on. I wasn't going to like just volunteer myself on the wrestling team. He, he came to me uh, just talking smack and pee one day, man, why don't you join the wrestling team? I was like, okay. And I did, <laughs> and it, I, I wasn't the greatest wrestler, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, I'm long and lanky. I'm fighting guys that's like, they come up to my collarbone. Yeah, I'm so long and lanky. I, I was 145 weight class. I'm finding these tree trunks just built dudes, and I'm like, what the crap? And they've been wrestling <laughs> for years since elementary school, middle school, and I'm starting off as a sophomore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, I suck on the ground. Like, I want to bite you. I want to stick my finger in your eye. Like, I'm like, fish hook you, trying to rip your lip open. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I want to do. Like, I, I like, what do I do? And uh. So yeah, my first year it wasn't the greatest. I, I didn't lose every match, like, but uh, I didn't win every match either. Yeah. And uh, my second year, uh, I did way better. Came out with a winning record. Uh, I think that year we were twenty nine and four as a team, and we didn't get a whole lot of recognition, which kind of made us upset because we had the most wins as a team out of every sport in the school. Yeah. And the least amount of losses out of the whole school too. So that kind of put a sour taste in her mouth, but my senior year, when we went from 6A to 5A, it would have been a whole lot easier, but I was focusing on my fighting yeah. and everything. If I could go back now with the mindset I have now, I'd, I'd rather finish out my senior year, but I don't know if I would be wearing that fighting wise if, if I did that. Now, conditioning, amazing. Wrestler's conditioning, crazy. Now, it, it is to me at the top level. Yeah. Out of every sport, football, karate, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, I feel like a wrestler, because it is war oh, yeah. all the time, where like Jiu-Jitsu, or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu is a Japanese stand-up style. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, what everybody refers to is ground fight. But it's more of a sit back, wait, until your opponent makes a mistake, and you can go after them. But uh, wrestling is war the whole time, so you gotta be like in immaculate shape. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm but, sure. Uh, but I, I didn't have that mindset. I was, I'm that old stand up on punch. <laughs> yeah. Thing. So, uh, but going back, I wish I, I could have, could have done it my senior year, but I was just focused on the fight. Yeah. Kick someone in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, sometimes we do wonder, like the what ifs. Sometimes, even when we were younger, like even me wondering, what if I was more out there when I was in high school? Maybe what if I was more outgoing? But then I feel like even I feel like if I was outgoing, 
I, I don't know if I would be the same person that I am yeah. today. Like you said, with like your dad, um, maybe the stuff that, maybe the way he disciplined you or the way that maybe he would get on you about maybe your fighting skills or just in, just anything in life in general, that maybe at the time you you took it in like, you know, wow, I don't, I don't like this part of the <laughs> moment of times in my life. But then now looking at it years later, you're, you're glad that you went through, well, kind of glad that you went through that moment because yeah. it brought you to the person that you are today. And and you never know, you may not have had a place like this had you not had that upbringing that yeah. your that your dad uh, put into you. So like, I think that's um, I think that's really awesome. And I think that that's why I wanted to talk about full circle moments because I think it's just awesome knowing the the journey that it takes to get there. And if I notice, uh, I know you see you're not big on boasting, but if y'all can see behind us, uh, there are a good bit of trophies here. Are these all yours? Like all of these that you want? There, there's one up there hanging on the wall, metal. Uh, if you look at the boat wall, uh, right above the belt, that was uh, Drake Abbott's first uh, MMA uh, win right there. That, that was his. The boards, Waylon, the guy that was in the Jeep that went by. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, uh, he actually competed back in March in uh, board breaking competition. And uh, he he got that right there. That's his medal. Uh, and then like Lexi, uh, she started back in January. That's her sword, her display, and everything. Those are her medals. And then I got a little fourteen-year-old girl, Dreamish. I just took her to a pro mag, which is a pro martial arts conference. Took her to that fight two weeks ago. Uh, when I signed my my six-one-year-old day, I was fighting eighteen-year-old. Yeah. Uh, she got two first and third. Wow. I think so uh, it's, it's it's a lot. Like I I thrown it when I was trying to get trophies to come out here and display. Like throw myself out there. I've got a couple of, like my dad's over there and uh, uh, his girlfriend down the Gulf Shores. Uh, her trophies mm -hmm. and uh, ones on the wall over there by the certificate. Uh, uh, Jeremy Randolph. He's one of my black belts in here. He's quick. God, he gets so quick. <laughs> and uh, he's good too. Uh, those are some of his medals. Uh, and everything, but uh, I actually threw away probably 10 garbage bags worth of trophies just because they're so cluttered up. And there was years at a time that I actually I would win and I wouldn't bring the trophy home. Yeah. Or home. I had nowhere to put them, and I, I don't I hate how that sounds like oh, I was that good. And I just, I mean, one, you got to give credit where credit's due, exactly. but at the same time, like, I don't want it to come off as showboaty. Uh, big head and big ego, but I had no room for them. Yeah, I, I literally had no room, so I just whatever. Mm. Now, like the grand champions, like you know, you got that tall trophy right there, your cups over there, that belt. Uh, sometimes you win money, sometimes you win uh, swords, displays, and stuff like that. But I'm gonna keep yeah. sometimes you get money, <laughs> but uh, uh. Yeah, I, all those are mine. They're all first, uh, some second stragglers through there. Can't win them all. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you got like six, seven people in your weight class, your age bracket, you got to fight them all. Mm -hmm. Can you beat them all? Okay, once you won your weight class for your age bracket, you fight the winner of the other weight class in the age bracket. You fight the other winner of their, their age bracket in weight class. And that is your grand champion. So you may fight three times in one afternoon, and, or you might fight. 12 people one day yeah. that time of day like hope you hope you're in shape mm. <laughs> and, and we we hit hard like I said a lot of people Cardi's got a bad name too a lot of people think we're just out there oh, I'm just gonna touch you no like 
bloody noses. Like you're not supposed to now because everything, everyone's so sue happy. Like, yeah. I've, I've bloodied people's noses, black people's eyes, I've kicked people where they go throw up. And I, now, I mean, it's like, I'm scared to hit someone because I don't get, get in trouble from the promoter. Like, it's a contact sport, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we, we like, I like to throw down in the uh, men's division, uh, black belt division, and you get your head clean. You, <laughs> like, like, if you ain't careful. Like, yeah. A lot of people think it's just, tiptoe and dancing around out there like you'll you'll come across some fighters that'll that clean the clock for sure oh yeah yeah i bet yeah that's um smoky <laughs> yeah i think that's good that you want to teach like basically the the way that karate should be not the way that it is nowadays even though i'm, I'm sure at these like tournaments you have to kind of go according to their standards or else like you see you may get in trouble doing the way Maybe the way it used to be, but like, uh, I, up here in Albuquerque, three weeks we got a uh, Yoshikai fight, uh, Japanese style. And they they fight knockdown like over there at Superfight. So it's either bare knuckle Oyama does it down in Humble, uh, it's bare knuckle hard as you can. You're trying to knock them down or knock them out. Oh, okay. Bare knuckle or like your MMA gloves. Uh, so I mean, there are. It, it just depends on who the promoter is. Like, and you got to fill them out quick. Like, yeah. Can we hit hard? Can we not hit hard? And best way I like to feel that, that little thing out is go go hit them hard. They'll let you know. Yeah. They'll let you know. <laughs> I got a seven year old Zach in here, and, and he he he'll kick someone in the head at a competition, like not not down and everything. I got another kid, six year old uh, Lathan. I call him a tank, man. <laughs> You can hit him square in the face and don't care. Here he comes with that kick, and I've seen him put people down wearing chest protectors. Wow, impressive. Yeah, so I mean, we we, we hit hard, it's just kind of touchy feely nowadays. Yeah, no, you're good. I was just thinking about I know you said how now, now that you teach these kids, and when you go to these competitions, you get more nervous and like to wear, yeah. and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with, for one, like you want maybe you want to see them do well and you want to see that you're teaching with them they're you're training with them as paying off like in like i guess according to the public eye but also just just wanting to see them because sometimes we could be our worst enemy and just thinking that like you know i know you were talking about not too long ago about like the belt uh training situation like the belt testing situation that y'all had how they did so much better like you know with being in more of a bigger crowd, like in a competition, then maybe they would be in a smaller setting like this. So, like even just the nerves of just thinking about like how they did here compared to there. Yeah. Like I'm sure there's just so many things that rush through your head, and that's to where it gets to where you get nervous with those kind of things. So it makes sense. Uh, running the business and everything, my name's on the on the line, but that's not it. It's like what you said. Like I. Don't, I try and treat it like a family. We call ourselves a little, little karate family. Like, yeah. And it's honestly like that. Like I was saying, uh, uh, I have people helping me out. If it wasn't for them, this place would not be open yeah. at all. There's a lot of people behind the scenes that help out, and it is, it, I'm very blessed to have them here. But, yeah, my name's on the line when they go to competitions, but I'm more like, I want them to win. Yeah. Like, even if they don't win the whole shebang, as long as they don't lose. Yeah. They have a little bit of confidence boost. Like, Dream, she just won her first fight two weeks ago. That pro man fight. Yeah. Uh, she's on, she's still on cloud nine right now. She's <laughs> up there, like, headspace. So, 
that's where I get that enjoyment. That's that's why I want to see them do so good more than myself. Yeah. And everything. Like I'm, I'm gonna be competing. Uh, it's August nineteenth. I got a win. I'm, I don't know if I'm a win. You never know. So it's a game of chance. Uh, yeah. But I don't train no more. Like I'm doing it for fun, but at the same time, like I got I got this on the line, so I've got to do good. Yeah. But on the inside, I don't care if I'm winning or not. I'm just going out there to like show my guys, like, hey, you know, this is how you're supposed to carry yourself. How to act. Like I hate, like I said, the showboaters, the boasters, stuff like that. Yeah. So win or lose, keep that level of respect to the other person. That's where your martial arts training comes in. That level of professionalism. Yeah. Uh, not only to yourself, but to the other person, the judges, the promoter, your students, and everything like that. And that's why I'll go out there and compete now is to show the people that don't know anything about tournaments, this is how you're supposed to act. Yeah. Like when I threw a temper tantrum over an officer, I didn't do it on the mats. I, had, I went out to myself, but, and I, I don't like that I did that. I got the old sourpuss over here, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. It, there's a lot of emotions invested in this. Oh, yeah. A lot of emotions. So, I mean, like I said, I wasn't mad at the other guy. Just, and I wasn't like, by the end of the day, like, hey, there's no problem. But in the heat of the moment, like, I can't believe that this happened. Yeah. And it happened. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you shared your whole story with that because, like, it shows even the challenges to get to where you are now, um, like with that situation with the judge or even just any other situation like with uh, maybe with your job at the time that wouldn't let you go to the Team USA uh, World Games, which is pretty impressive because I didn't even know that. So I think that's um, you know such a huge accomplishment in that as well. And just seeing all of the like trophies and all the medals that you've won and just hearing all of the, the titles that you've won, I think is really impressive. But I think it's good that you're even being honest about like the challenges and that like you didn't always win but and then also just knowing that um that there were things that maybe were obstacles that you had to overcome not only with maybe financial stuff but i'm sure there were like many other things like to get this business going that was you know something that you had to really pray about or or really just try to you know, really make sure this is like what I'm supposed to be doing. And because I know you said you were kind of on a crossroads between two, uh, two th places with, uh, with this and then your other uh, journey that you were thinking about going down to, but then this one, you know, kind of came, uh, up upon you and, uh, and we're now here today. So I think that it's good that you even shared some of the challenges that you had to overcome to get to this moment. And I'm sure that there's still, you know, challenges that you still have to overcome. I'm sure. Just, just pray about it. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm, I believe in prayer, power prayer. Yeah. Honestly, uh, you know, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. So, uh, like I said, I've also got an amazing wife, super supportive. Uh, it's hard on her. Mm -hmm. it, it is honestly hard on her, and I feel so bad, but I'm like, I finally got it. And I'm trying to make this the, the full-time job so I can actually spend more time. And she knows that, and uh, she knows, you know, it, it will eventually pay off, but it's, it's so hard on her, especially having a three-year-old daughter. She's pregnant six months, seven months pregnant yeah. right now. So uh, that's six and a half-ish, 25 weeks, two days. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> um, it's hard on her, 
you know, because I'm gone. I'm, I leave the house about 4.30 every day, 4.35, and I'm not getting home till 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. And, uh, but she is so supportive. Uh, my wife, uh, my my in-laws, they're supportive. My father-in-law, you know, when that plumber company, he came in here, helped plumb this, uh, helped put in the vanity in the bathroom. My dad actually gave to me. And, uh, uh, you know, Drake's dad, uh, his family, you know, he, He's the one to put in the ceiling in the back for us because it used to be open. And then, you know, my mom and dad and my mom, uh, you know, she's another cheerleader, always trying to give me little bits of advice here and there. And my dad, you know, I run to him for questions. And then, like, some of the karate moms that'll stay over here in the corner that help out. Yeah. Uh, like, we got a car wash tomorrow. They'll be up here working just as hard as I would be. Uh, they're, they're awesome. So, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of help behind it, you know. A lot of prayers. Oh, yeah. Any kind of challenge I have, I, have, I do have a good, I feel like I have a good team behind me. And it's crazy that so many people would want to see or to help so much just for me to have what I wanted when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> everything. So I, I try and, you know, give them all. When I come out here those days that I just want to go home. It's like, all right, let's, let's get it. Well, yeah. I know I can get in there, but it's like a Thursday, man. I, Cut class early. I had them probably doing hundred five year olds doing hundred push ups, chopping jacks, wall sits. Like, I'm gonna get in your butt, but it pays off. So oh, yeah. I, guess, I guess that's why I'm, they they know I mean do it for a good reason. So that's probably why they uh, help me so much. But yeah, I'm thankful for a lot. Yeah, I most well, I express it to them. Not. So uh, on the inside, I'm not big on the I love yous and the thank you, but on the inside, yeah, I'm screaming. Oh yeah, most definitely. I'm yeah, I love that too. That you get to even see the rewarding stuff out of it. Not only do you have a support system that's backing you up, like your family and your in-laws, but then, like you said earlier, that you have a family now. That now that you started this business, this. A karate community, a martial arts community is now your family. Mm, and I think that's even rewarding in itself too, that you get to, as, even though these kids are not your biological kids, but you take them in as your kids and like you get to see them grow. And like, then you're just kind of imagining 10 years down the road, what are they gonna be like? And, uh, you know, and because of your teachings and seeing how, how well they do in life when it comes to the fighting world, I think. That's awesome in itself. Yeah, because I try and teach them like, oh, it's hard because sometimes I don't go into detail on it, but like some of the stuff that I'm teaching out here on the mats, like I'm trying to teach them on the mat skills and off the mat skills. Like, yeah. Nine times out of 10, they're going to be spending their days in a classroom, in a school system around people they know. I've gotten in two fights outside of an actual sanctioned event. Wow. So uh, I'm 30 years old now. I started thoroughly when I was eight or 14 years old so I've been doing this over half my life I've only gotten into actual fights that I didn't go looking for yeah and by that I mean the competitions so I'm trying to build off the mat skills that they can carry throughout life like you can play football get bruised up banged up and you'll be in your 30s and you're dying like struggling like mm -hmm. I've seen people come out here and uh, they used to do that and they're over here hobbling and everything 30 minutes in because they play football or baseball this and the other yeah. elbows shoulder knees hips and so i'm like i'm trying to help you give you some kind of skills like that'll go through life instead of a sport like karate wrestling or kickboxing that you're going to do through high school and it's going to leave you banged up for the rest of your life 
Yeah. My dad's 61 years old. He's still competing. Can't hurt you too bad. <laughs> yeah. Can't hurt you too bad. So I'm trying to give give people stuff that'll travel through life and you know help them like with a child interview, that confidence, uh, that, that sense of perseverance, that patience. Yeah. Thing. I'm trying to give them give them that, and I'm trying to explain to them this is why I y'all do what y'all are doing. It's yeah. Not because I just I, I say something y'all do. It's like there's a reason behind everything I do. Yeah. I'm do it for a specific reason. Kind of thing, so. Yeah, most definitely. I love that you not only teach them how to be like a better fighter, but you teach them on how to be like a better person in general. Like you said, with even like being respectful to not only, even though, like you said, with your situation, even though you didn't like what happened with the judge, but you still had enough respect to not do it out there in front of everybody. You right. went to the locker room yeah. and you know had your moment. But I think just even the sense of respect and, like you said, patience. And all that confidence, I think that it, you know, ties into the real world. And then even like you said with classrooms, how, you know, nowadays people get bullied and stuff like that. And well, I know it happened even back when we were in high school and stuff like that. But like it still happens today. And then on top of that, like with social media, yeah. there's even more bullying with that to where he's exposed to the whole world yeah. too. So like just trying to even carry yourself in those moments too to where i mean not that you would hope that you're gonna get into a fight but if you were like you know you would have to defend yourself in a way that's like a moment too where you can uh have that self-defense or even just even trying to be the bigger person there's just always a, a something to learn out of any even those situations and i think it's good that that you have you know that you're teaching that with these kids especially so young because kids are like sponges like they they take in everything that basically like a grown-up does and of course you know they they hear from their parents and they maybe act the way their parents act and you know talk like their parents but then even being so young they come to a place like this and they see you know the stuff that you teach them whether it's on the mat or off the mat kind of situations and i think that's even big too that yeah. that they're getting a, basically a, a whole Oh, basically, they're kind of having like the mirror in front of them, like a self-reflection of who who do I need, like how do I need to be in life, and like what's going to bring me far in life long term, as far as stuff like patience and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, gotta have patience if you want to teach five year old how to do karate. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Too, so, uh, uh, I mean, I have a lot of parents. So they're like, man, I don't say how you do that. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it takes a lot. I'm going to get one of my courses up for you. Okay. Since I feel like I've been rambling on for like 40 minutes on, I feel like just <laughs> one question. Yeah, you're good. But, uh, uh, my one question is, you know, you've been doing podcasts for a while, but how big do you see yourself growing in this podcast series of not your Arabic Joel, which by the way I love that name. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but uh how long do you plan on continuing and how big do you see yourself growing? And like uh I said before we started and hit record, uh, you know, I, I've started a Patreon and that's about it. Like I said, I haven't uploaded any videos. I've got that for just people I work with that they drive 30 minutes the opposite direction from work. So that'd be, it'd be a waste of time and money for them to come up here. Yeah. So I want to uh, upload videos on Patreon. Like I'm not trying to become a millionaire, but uh, you know, I know 
pretty good skills, so like I'm not just gonna give it away. Yeah. So I'm gonna try and make a little bit of money off of it. Have you ever thought about starting a Patreon to help fund like your traveling uh, and do like videos, uh, podcasts with people you may meet from traveling? Do you plan on like growing podcasting something bigger than what it is, possibly coming a full time job? That's actually a really good question because these have been things that I've really been thinking about, like as far as wanting to do this more on a full-time thing than like a part-time thing to where, not that I would have to leave my job, but at the same time, well, well, I don't know. I guess we'll just see how this goes because, you know, you just never know because, yeah, because I've never thought about like doing Patreon, even though I've heard of it and I kind of understand the concept of it, but I've never actually thought that like, would people be, maybe it's because I, sometimes I guess my challenge could be is I hold myself back sometimes. Like I feel like I'm my own obstacle. I start pl playing mind games with myself and saying, would people really be interested? And like, if you post videos on Patreon, will people actually support you and have your back? Because like maybe people think of you as the same person that you were back in high school and think like, why would we want to support someone that doesn't talk and yeah. stuff like that. But then, you know, then not realizing that, that here I am, I don't shut up on my podcasts anymore. So I, people want to see it. There's <laughs> people that pay people to watch them eat like noodles and talk about current events. It's like, yo, nobody wants to see that, but people do it. So, you know, yeah. you never know. Yeah. Everything, but yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's one thing I noticed when you first came in last year was like, yeah, you, you definitely opened up, and that's for the better, yeah. Uh, I know we really didn't talk a lot in school, like I said, I was a turd head, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> fight for, for all the people the way I acted, like I was a goober, but uh, well, I'm not like that no more, but uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely opened up, and like I said, that's that's a good thing, yeah, and I think. One thing that helped me open up more was all the traveling that I do now. Like, you know, some of the traveling that I did involved like group traveling with people that I've never met. Mm -hmm. Like it was basically, I'm traveling as a solo traveler, but I'm going into this like group traveling thing with other solo travelers. So that was how I was able to open up a lot more. And then I was thinking, if I can open up with these strangers that are from all over the country, like why am I not open up with people that I've, that I've known for years that probably hardly know me, which is kind of why I decided to do this podcast because I was thinking maybe people have this mindset thinking, oh, that's just a quiet guy from school. Like he doesn't talk, no one, no one wants to hear from him. But then I kind of want to prove people wrong that like I'm more than just that guy that's just standing over there in the corner yeah. that doesn't talk. Yeah. And I have a lot more to say than than what people assume. Yeah. You know, so I, that's what maybe want to do this. And as far as like a long-term thing, I would love to do this long-term. I think that the idea of having like these podcasts are awesome and like getting to do like, whether it's in-person ones or, or Zoom, which I mean, the Zoom ones I'll have to do for people that are outside of the right. state. But, but if I ever got to where it was a full-time thing and I was able to travel to where they're at, I think that would be awesome. So there's so many things that I have in mind that would be cool. But then, but then I start holding myself back. Like one thing, like I wish I had like my own studio, like yeah, cool. yeah like a place where even if it wasn't like, I like you know we had the mic stands and all that. You even have like a couple of nice comfy couches, and you just kind of feel very homey and uh, feel very like just comfortable. Like lazy boys were saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, I think that. Uh, 
you know, just having something like that would be cool. But then I started thinking of the financial stuff. Where, where would I have that at? Would it be like downtown? I don't know, like much around like all of that stuff. Would I have to rent out a space and how much would that cost? Yeah. Uh, but eventually, I think that would be cool having like my own studio. Somewhere. Yeah, so so I think like even trying to make like something like finances like uh getting more of out of financial debt like with the help of this would be really cool so like the idea of like patreon would really be interesting like to look into i haven't really fully thought of that but yeah. i think that um it's something worth in investing time at least to yeah. look into so that's that's my thing it's like time is my enemy and like i said i i've created patreon that's about as far as I've gone. I, I, I've downloaded uh, the app to make the videos. Uh, and it's just, you know, baby on the way, working two jobs. Uh, yeah. I'm hard pressed for time, and I get tired. <laughs> I, get, I get really tired, so mentally and physically. Yeah. And uh, so I would like to start doing that, and I know that would help out a lot. But I, I also feel like I, I'm be, I guess, like, you said who's going to actually sign up for it is it going to be a small close-knit group that's only going to do it like how am i going to push through that barrier like open up like how am i going to get my name out there and yeah. everything like uh there's all the time i want to post pictures like thursday night we had a big adult credit class big adult credit class last night we had a big kickboxing adult kickboxing class like, like i said at mass right uh, people on this side of the match wrapped all the way around and I mean, we, I don't have enough mat room for this but why can't take pictures to post out there so like how am I going to find time to like take these videos yeah. break them down like there's I could probably drop a video a week for the next five years with the stuff I want to make content of but where am I going to find time yeah so, I, mean, I, I definitely feel you on that and uh uh, I feel you on the you're holding yourself back kind of thing because that's how it was like yeah I'm kind of scared to take that leap of faith like I had all these people uh tell me like yeah you could do it you could do it and I was like man yeah. a lot of work a lot of work I don't feel like doing and then like <laughs> I don't know if I want to put in the time money and effort and then it not work and then you know like I said, I, I'm real big into the podcast, like Sean Ryan's show and uh, motivational speakers and stuff like that. And I listened to Denzel Washington say one time, you know, imagine you're lying on your deathbed and you got all the ghosts of who you could be or potentially have been. And they're all asking you, why didn't you take that chance? Why didn't you bring me to life kind of thing? And that's, uh, that's why I, like, I, I took that leap of faith with Drake that day and it's like, well, I almost did. Yeah. I'd rather try it and fail then not try it and be like what if yeah kind of thing so uh, sometimes I, I totally agree with you sometimes you're your worst own worst enemy yeah that that's definitely one of my biggest challenges is sometimes i'll hold myself back from actually going after something yeah. especially like even with this podcast that's why um even though it's probably not the right attitude to have but like sometimes i'll post on facebook i think i actually did this and you may have been one of some someone that did comment on there like i was thinking i posted something yeah i was like i'm thinking of this idea of doing a podcast like would anybody really be interested and it's almost like even that was even for me scary to post that out there because i was thinking what if people 
are blunt enough to say, no, not really. Like, <laughs> I, I could care less to hear you. You never spoke to me in high school. Why would you want to yeah. speak now? Like, well, that's not the audience you want either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but then I started getting a lot of people like, yeah, go for it. And like, yeah, you should definitely do this and at least see like what's out there and like any topic that you want to talk about. And, you know, that, that was one challenge too, is figuring out like, and do I do I have to have a target audience? Like you know, with podcasts, some people target specifically maybe a, a podcast for women or a podcast for um, young men around like twenties and thirties. And but for me, I was thinking like I kind of want to break that barrier. Yeah. Like I want it to be open, for yeah, for anybody and everybody. Like I want age, race, and sex. Exactly. Like I want everybody to be involved in it, and even if a specific topic is not for that person maybe they're not as interested like because like for me and especially in season two i started talking a lot more about my faith mm -hmm. and i didn't really talk about it I, I did a little bit in the first season but for some reason i looked at this podcast journey as like a hobby at first so i was thinking well let's just start this off as a hobby but then once i got into season two i kind of like had this feeling that like you know maybe i should you know, I, I tell people I want them to get to know me more than just a quiet guy. Yeah. And my faith is a lot, a big part of that. So like, and I feel like in a way, if if I call myself a Christian, um, I know like, there's the idea of the great commission of like spreading the gospel, yeah. even if you're not always on there talking about Jesus, but like even talking about things that are maybe in the Bible, like whether it's jealousy or bitterness or something like that. So I started trying to incorporate more of those things in my second season. And I felt like the first like time where I saw a challenge was during that season, because I started seeing less views. And then I started seeing maybe like more people also, uh, like maybe more criticism. Um, not like a bunch, but like a good bit of criticism to where it made me want to give up on the podcast. But I was thinking, I think that's exactly like what what the enemy would want. The devil. Yeah, the devil, the devil would want me to stop talking about because probably the enemy was thinking at first, oh, he's not going to be, he's just going to talk about other stuff. Yeah. But then when I started talking about the name of Jesus and talking about things that are in the Bible, yeah. uh, then all of these things start coming in my head. Like, does it, nobody wants to hear that or nobody cares to hear it's about that. It's day and age too to, to do that stuff because I try to do that here. Yeah. I actually slacked the phone. I need to start <laughs> that. But uh, there, there's, like you said, like I, I talked to uh, my old preacher. I used to go down here to Grace and uh, now I can, me and my wife can walk to church. Just like here at Burger King from my church. From yeah. Where I live at. So drive time and gas and Little sleep time, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, we, we go, we swap to a different church, but I, when I was still going down there to Grace, I called my preacher and was like, Hey man, I, I really want to do this, but I don't want to do it for self promotion. Like, I'm not trying to like make myself look good, like trying to preach. And man, I'm no preacher, <laughs> I'm no preacher at all. I've done a lot of things I'm not proud of. Don't I still do things I'm not proud of? I, you know, you're not supposed to do it as a Christian, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, there's a guy that I follow. It's childish, but he calls himself the Pew Pew Preacher. Uh, he's <laughs> on Instagram, he's on Facebook, and he is an active, uh, they call him 30 civilians. So he's just a guy that, you know, throws 
play carry on rifle yeah uh, and goes and shoots and what he does is he'll post pictures of either guns or an equipment and he tries to relate bible verses to a certain topic like one that i uh, I started the very first one I did. I asked all the kids while they're stretching, and not the kids, but like the teen and the adults, like, you know, hey, say you hear a bump in the night, you know, what's the first weapon you're gonna grab? And I went down to each and every one, and they said that, and I was like, okay, well, we're also fighting a spiritual battle, like the Bible, that, that is your, your weapon. Yeah. Um, so you got your physical uh, battles here, here in the world, and then you also got spiritual battles, like, that is your one weapon you go to. And like I, I slacked on reading my Bible. You know, I tried to read my Bible like carpool now, but keep keep a Bible on my truck now on lunch. I try and read my Bible for thirty minutes. Yeah. Need to read more than that, but you know, that, that's that's what I, I would do. But and uh, I, I don't you know, straight up preach, but I give an example and then I give a Bible verse and then I give a real world example like this somebody breaks in what weapon are you going to grab yeah and everything and then i try and get the bible verse that goes along with it that's what pew pew preacher does <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why like grown men will say pew pew like it's funny <laughs> i guess but like you're grown man come on now yeah but uh, that's what he calls himself and uh he, he's a preacher and that's what he does and i saw that and i was like man i'd like to do something like that because you know what for god i wouldn't be here yeah so and uh, that's something I try to incorporate because, uh, you know, if I lost students, hey, sorry about it. Yeah. Like, if, if mom and daddy don't want to hear it, then hey, you can drive an hour away and go somewhere else or not do it at all. But, and I, I've slacked up on it now. I, I need to get back into it. So. Yeah, I might have to start on Monday now that I'm talking about it because <laughs> yeah. I've thought about it, but I think about all kinds of things at work. And when I get here, I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? What was I supposed to do today? You know, like, like I said, schedule. I got to teach and everything. But yeah, like I said, you know, I, I tried to use this as a venue to, I wouldn't really say preach, but I guess try to get the word out. Yeah. And everything. Yeah, I think that's good that you at least try to even throw that out there every now and then because, yeah. like you said, at the end of the day, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. So, like, you want to give glory and, you know, some parts of it throughout your teachings and all that. And like you said, you know, you get your negative comments and they say, you just got to stay strong and, you know, uh, don't, don't fall to the negative reviews yeah yeah i think that's that was something that i had to learn real quick i, I think some people had to uh really get some talking into me for me to realize so like okay not everyone is gonna like you know i guess i'm more of like a people pleaser sometimes i think yeah. you know i want people to like what i post and then like whenever i don't or if they say even if it's not about faith if i'm just talking too much you're boring to me like you're talking too much you're going on and on about a bunch of nothing even to me i feel like it's interesting <laughs> but you know for everyone else that they may see it and like oh that's boring no one's going to want to watch a, a two-hour podcast which kind of what made me start splitting up my podcast like into two parts to where like if i go over like an hour an hour 15 minutes i split it up into two episodes so that it don't feel like it's overwhelming the people so like i had to like learn a lot of stuff that you know not everyone's gonna like the content that i post but at the same time 
this is stuff I want to share about my life, whether it's faith or whether it's about any different topic, you know, fun topics or even topics that are a little bit more serious. So uh, I did definitely have some challenges to where I didn't think this would be a long-term thing. I was thinking like maybe I should just give it up. And, but I, I think I got some, some people that started messaging me and telling me like, no, like, you know, you know, I'm going to pray for you and, you know, don't, don't give up on this because then after that, once I started getting all the motivation to keep going, I stopped looking at the podcast as like a hobby and looked at it more as God's calling right. in my life. So, so that's where I was thinking it's now, it easy for you. yeah, now that I look at it in that perspective, I think I definitely can see this going long term and I would love to see it grow to where, um, you know, to where I'm able to have like mom's studio and, to have this as uh, something that I do more of a full time. So that would be awesome. And yeah, you do that. And if I'm still doing this, I'd like to come back and do another one. Yeah. In your studio, for sure. Yeah, that would be awesome. Like, I, I really do want to look into like places because I mean, I know we live in a city where it's not as big as like Atlanta or like, you know, New York City, definitely. So it's like trying to figure out maybe the challenge of where can I like, do a studio like where can I I guess be like a central location for any and everybody around so this person's not like oh man should I drive four hours just to go talk to him for two yeah like uh, like I said I'm big into Sean Ryan he'll fly people in put them up in a hotel of course he's making a lot of money you know he's not just a podcast ex Navy SEAL and he does Patreon where he'll also like make put out combat uh, uh, videos not of himself but you know so he said rifle this is how you do this drill that you do this for this reason blah blah blah, blah. so it's yeah. not just podcast he does but he'll fly in people and <clears throat> i didn't know if like you would want to get like to that level that'd be cool that really would be i feel like that's something that it's over my head because i almost can't imagine it but the idea of it sounds really like amazing who's to tell you that you can't exactly. that's why i told myself about this like, who's to tell you that you can't do it yeah yeah so i'm definitely really gonna really look into all of this because it, it would be really cool to kind of work my way up even more to where i'm not doing like zoom calls i'm actually yeah. having more face-to-face -face -face conversations with people and i like that uh, that's what i've liked about this season so far with all the recordings i've done is most of them have been face-to-face yeah, so I do like the idea of getting to sit with somebody and actually talk to them instead of feeling like I'm worrying about, oh man, am I going to get kicked off? Because that's happened before where I've gotten kicked off my own Zoom calls because of the internet connection in my house. So like, it seems like it always happens on a Friday night. Like anytime I do a Friday night podcast, yeah, and then it's like, yeah, there goes my internet connection. Then I have to jump back in and then... Am I, I'm worried, did the recording save like at that point where I got kicked off, which thankfully it does. But the first time that happened, I was scared that like, I was like, oh man, we were like almost done. We were um, like 15 minutes away <laughs> from being done. Did this go through fully? Like, can yeah. I convert it to the video? And it did, thankfully. But, yeah. but there have been, you know, I just want that pressure to come off to where I have more in-person recordings and like even more of a professional setting like a studio with the mics that you know you can sit there in the nice couches or even a nice chair and all of that i think just the idea of having that in an area to where like you said that people can travel to and not feel like 
is it worth like is it worth coming to uh because like i've had it going out i've gone out to like near tuscaloosa to do podcast recordings i've gone up to gunnersville to do recordings so like uh um that's right now my i guess dedication and commitment is like going to them but like i would eventually like to have a studio to where they can come to me if, if possible. Yeah. Uh, if not, then, you know, of course the Zoom still works. So. That's a lot of equipment you gotta load around out there. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I'm definitely, you know, I can see this as being a long-term thing. I just gotta put more effort on my part as far as actually doing some research with all the stuff like Patreon and even yeah. the studio. And because I, I would like to see this, you know, become bigger than what it is, yeah. so. I'm hoping, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know I do keep myself a little bit busier too with these days with even like, like traveling too. So like, I know I, I'm, once I get to where, like during the cold weather, I don't travel as much. So I don't know. Um, I think just, I don't know if it's just because of like a lot of the stuff that I like to do are outdoor kind of things, whether it's like, I'm exploring the city yes i'm a little bit more acclimated to the warmer time that's yeah, what i like about yeah i like you know being down here even though sometimes it can get really hot and humid but i still like the idea of like you know if, if you're too hot you can at least jump in a pool or a lake or yeah. or go indoors but like with yeah, you take clothes <laughs> off but it's, it's hard to put clothes on yeah and when you, even when you have layers upon layers during cold weather you're still cold so only thing that keeps me warm is my uh, coveralls. I take when I go home. Yeah, like, I will actually catch myself sweating in like twenty degree weather. Yeah, and everything, but well, like the kid from uh, the Christmas store, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got, I have another question for you. Uh, with you saying that, uh, what has been your favorite place that you've traveled to, and is there a certain place that you've not been to that you extremely want to go to? Okay. Yes. Okay. Like I said, all my I got three questions, but they're like two part questions. Yeah. Okay. I do like this one. So as far as places that I've been to so far, um, I'll give an answer for within the country and internationally. Yeah. So my favorite one that I've been to so far domestically is uh, is Colorado. And, I'm a little jealous of that. Yeah, and I, that was part of like a couple of years ago. I went to Mount Rushmore on a road trip with my family, and we went through a bunch of different states. And Colorado wasn't initially on there, but but my brother, one of my brothers, is a big Denver Broncos fan because of Peyton Manning. So um, so we were thinking it's not like that much farther out of the way to go to Colorado. And I have family there too that lives in Aurora, which is near uh, Denver. So. We we're like, we gotta go through Denver. We gotta go through Colorado. And then of course there were other things in Colorado that we wanted to see, like my sister-in-law's photographer and she wanted to see uh, these like red, red mountains. They were called like Garden of the Gods and it's in Colorado Springs. So we're like, okay, like from Google, it looks nice. So we're like, we're gonna do that. It's only an hour south of Denver. So yeah, we went to Colorado and I think uh, just seeing just 
all the stuff that you don't see here, like, you know, here we see a lot of green, but there it's just a lot of reds, a lot of browns, huge mountains, and uh, it just, the people were actually really friendly, and uh, I just love the whole, just the scenery of it all. There's just so many things you can do in Colorado. There's so many things in Colorado I would love to go back to to see. Like, um, I've only seen Denver and Colorado Springs, but like, I would love to see even like Vail and like Aspen, like would be really cool. But um, as far as internationally, I think my favorite country, I've only been to four, uh, which I know people would be only uh, four. I'm like, say, only five, I'm only in Mexico, I'm sorry, Mexico neighbors. <laughs> so, yeah, so far, I've only been to Greece, I've been to Canada, Mexico, and Ireland. And that was the order that I went to, uh, those countries. And I would say my favorite country, surprisingly, is Ireland. And I thought that, I thought nothing would ever beat Greece because I was thinking Greece, like you think of the Mediterranean, you think of the really blue water, the, you know, opa, you think yeah. of all the good food and the nice weather. But when I went to Ireland, it actually wasn't initially the trip that I was supposed to go on. It was a group trip and I was supposed to go to London and Paris, but because of COVID, it kept getting postponed. And then eventually got to the point to where no one was signing up for that trip. So I was thinking, well, I got to think of a plan B. And because they wouldn't give me my money back, they just gave me a travel credit right. of the amount that I paid for. And you could put it towards another trip. So it ended up being Ireland. And I was thinking, well, I want to go to Ireland because like, like as far as like ancestry, like That's my, right. yeah, my family's from Ireland and Scotland, all those areas. So I was thinking, well, let's just go to Ireland for eight days. And, um, you know, the travel credit paid for it. So I flew out there. Just having a different expectation of Ireland, like I just thought, okay, just green hills, pubs, that's it. But then when I got there, um, the first day it did kind of feel like that. It almost felt like I was still in America because there was a lot of bachelor, bachelorette parties there in Dublin. Uh, people going to talk. buddy over there right now. He just uh, posted a picture with uh, Conor McGregor at his, his bar. Wow, really? That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that would have been cool to see Conor McGregor. I did not get to see him, but that would have been cool. Though. But uh, it almost felt like I wasn't in Ireland at that point because I just heard so many. I can just tell that these people are American just based off their accents. And it just felt very American. But then once we got out of Dublin, we went to a few other cities. And, uh, and that's where I felt like the true, like authentic side of Ireland came out. And I think I just enjoyed seeing more than just green hills. Like I did see huge mountains there and even like beaches. I didn't expect beaches really to be like a thing there. So like even seeing that, the people there is really friendly and they're very like, they came up to us and I like, could tell we're American. Yeah. Well, except for one city, there's a ironic thing with this one city we went to called Galway. It was the last city in Ireland we went to. And someone was telling us, oh, this is the, this is one of the friendliest cities in Europe. And we were there the whole time and like we went on a walking tour and people can tell we're Americans. And the whole time they're like hackling us, they're like like they're there like making comments while the guy's like showing us around the tour guide and they're like, Oh, F you, go back home and go uh -huh. back Americans like and we're like, Oh, this is so friendly. Yeah. This is like I don't know if that if that guy was being sarcastic, but um but it was just that was kinda like the funny part of that was, you know, them saying it was so friendly of a city and then we get there and they were, that was the least friendly city that we went to in Ireland. But I think just the whole experience of it all, just getting to like see the sports that they do there. Um, 
some kind of sport where like you catch a a ball with like this stick it, it kind of reminded me of like a stick that they use for like for like lacrosse mm -hmm. but it didn't have like the the it net like the scoop yeah so like that was really cool that and the day we got to see like sports that they play in Ireland. We learned, we went to see like an Irish like dance, like tap dancing thing, uh, which was kind of cool to see, you know, like how- Something you don't see every day. Yeah, like river walk or whatever, it's called river dance. But like, that was cool getting to even try like different- Swan, Swan up here in Cleveland, see people doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they got like three people in the Oh yeah, so, and even just uh, like seeing just the scenery and the weather was nice. The castles were really nice to see. So yeah, I definitely want to see the castles. Like I said, my dad's side of the family's uh, from Ireland and everything, and uh, he's actually been wanting uh, an Irish knot tattooed on him. But mm -hmm. uh, wow, right, cool. <laughs> but, uh, I've wanted to do that, and everything. I think the same thing. Like you said, I think it'd be pretty cool to go out there and see the countryside stuff that you don't see on pictures yeah and then like how you said about greece i've seen a thing where you know your classic pictures that they advertise like the white stone or whatever yeah. materials used for like the the that hillside of like rooms and uh shops and stuff and the clear blue waters and then i saw a thing this is what uh there's somebody that went there yeah, they sucker you in for this picture, but when it's like right behind it is like just slumps mm -hmm. and everything. It's like, yeah, I don't recommend Greece. Yeah. It's not and it's not worth the money. It's nice what what you see in certain pictures, but for the whole shebang is Yeah, exactly. So I think that's why Ireland was my favorite because I had maybe a lower expectation of thinking, okay, well, at least it'd be cool to travel there. Yeah, just cause my family's from here. But then when I got there, I learned like so much more about the culture and even the food there was really good. They had some like stew that was really good. And uh, it was like some of it, like I even tried the lamb for the first time was pretty good. Even I'm sure you can have that here, but it, but even just having it there was really good. And so I just, I learned a lot about that trip and you know, we'd love to go back to Ireland one day, but but one day maybe another country will overtop that. But right now that's my favorite one. But as far as your second part of the question with uh, like a country or anywhere that I want to go to that's um, that I've been like wanting to go to so bad, it would be probably Italy. I think I would love to go to Italy. Like um, I know I always say it in my head, which like I know it may or may not ever happen, but like I would love to go to Italy for like my honeymoon. But then I was thinking, well, you gotta have a wife and what if you never have a wife? So it's like, don't put that in your head, just go to Italy when you can. But I, there's so many places in Italy that I wanna see. There's so many different cities, like of course Rome, there's like Naples, there's uh, there's Venice, Florence. There, there's so many different yeah. cities there that I would love to see and just seeing like the architecture is like the main thing and the food, that's yeah. what I would love to, have because I love Italian food and even this uh, fake fake olive yeah this fake Olive Garden Italian food like I even love that and yeah so like I just would love to have the true like authentic yeah. Italian food so that's probably my number one. Uh, I'm not definitely right there. Like people at work, they're like, "Dang, you're having noodles again." Yeah, I love noodles. Like <laughs> even though it's not like real Italian. Yeah, they've got some good food, the Italians, shout out to the Italians. Oh, yeah. so, 
So yeah, that is probably my favorite country. For, but if I had to choose a state that I haven't been to yet, because I've been to 39 states so far. Um, what happened? Yeah, 30, 39. I was just making sure. I know later this year I'm going to two more. I'm going to uh, Montana and Idaho in yes, September. Sam, I'm a little jealous of you going to Montana. <laughs> I, I want, uh, I know this is your question, how extremely, but well, I want to go to Wyoming and Montana. I would love to just pack up. Sorry, family. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'd love to go. Yeah. Uh, just the scenery. Like, I don't know where to go. Yeah. I put up with it. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to uh, tell my wife probably last year I'd like to just pack up and uh, take my truck and just go like, yeah. for a week just a week road trip like that's our main goal is just to go to Montana and Wyoming yeah. and everything uh, I've, the furthest I've gone is to Iowa for work and check squad up there from Missouri yeah. all the way up to Illinois all the way over to Fort Dodge, Iowa I'll, I'll chase the sunset for two hours. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and watch it for two hours. Said it. it was crazy, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but while I'm in Montana, so I'm a little jealous of you going to uh, Montana. I wouldn't mind going to Idaho, but I, mean, I haven't seen. I, I haven't looked. But yeah. I haven't seen anything that like just jumps out at me. Personally. Yeah. Yeah, I think for us, the reason why we're mainly going to Idaho is because we kind of want to see the Boise State football field. So we're going to, because they have the blue football field instead of the typical green football field. Oh, they had to change that. Yeah, they still have them. So we're, while while it's still blue, we're, yeah, we're going to Idaho. I don't like football. I'm not a big football fan. never have been, but I, I even heard about that. I thought it was kind of yeah, so, <laughs> so I was like, this is so unique, and I have a friend that lives out there too. I was like, I might as well go to Idaho, yeah. just to say I've been there. I eventually want to go to all 50 states, so so yeah, that's going to be the, the thing is Montana and Idaho and Wyoming. And then but as far as uh, maybe another state, like outside of those two, probably, probably like Hawaii. Probably that would be one that I would love to go to, even though I know that's a lot of money. So, what's your, uh, if you don't mind me asking, you know I have to say, but what's your least favorite state? Oh, the, uh, oh. I actually have three oh, in mind that I will never go to again. Uh, just because there's nothing to do there and it was kind of just boring. Kansas. Kansas, yes. That's number, that's number one. Um, Arkansas. I feel like there wasn't as much to do in Arkansas to me. I mean, sure they have maybe plenty of nice hiking trails and all that, but um, but I can do that here. And then uh, Delaware was my third one. Like I felt like um, there was a mansion that I went to a couple months ago. I was in Delaware, and I mean that was the only nice thing about Delaware. Um, sure wasn't the, anything else there really to do. So those were probably my three least favorite. <laughs> was those every every other state. I feel like um, I've enjoyed, but like sometimes there's a one time, yeah. just go around there, all right, I'm good, check that off the list and don't go back. So, but at least I got to experience uh, a mansion out of Delaware and uh, Kansas, they got some those wind turbines or whatever. You don't see that here, that's interesting, I guess. I thought it was pretty cool uh, coming across from Iowa back to Illinois. Uh, you could stand like literally an hour away. It's because it's so flat because you always hear about it. Yeah, and they are pretty tall because uh, the trucks I build are boom trucks, and uh, I've seen 150 foot ones stretched all the way up, and it's barely touching like the bottom of the turbine. Yeah, but uh, not a uh, wing on it, but 
Yeah, it's crazy. I've seen one, looked at the time, still driving 80 miles an hour down the road, and it's like, man, are we ever going to get there? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I know that is crazy how, yeah, how those, how huge those things are, for real. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, so I think that even, like, as we were talking about full circle moments, I think, yeah, those are even my moments where I feel like I'm having full, minor full circle moments. I feel like even with this podcast, I feel like I haven't made it, I don't feel like I've made it to my my big major moment, but I feel like I've made it to some good, like, I guess, accomplishments or achievements, like even getting up here to like episode 80 in the 80s right now. Like, I think that's an accomplishment in itself. I mean, I've made it over a year. Like, so I'm, I'm looking at the struggles of, you know, season two and everything. Yeah. So like just even overcoming those challenges, I, I think that, you know, as we're closing out on this topic, I think that it's really good that um, that we even brought that up as well, because I guess it just shows whether it's a place like this that you open, like a physical place or a place where like a business for me where I'm having to start online and then eventually want to do like in-person, yeah. like more in-person interviews or not interviews, more episodes. But I think that um, it just shows that everyone goes through challenges and, and even there are rewarding moments um, in those times of like your journey to get to where you're at. So I think that this was a really good conversation. I definitely appreciate you letting me come oh, here. I'm glad you came. I do want to say one thing uh, about my dad. He never touched me or hit me, strike me, whatever you want to say. Uh, kind of, kind of sound bad, but he, he never did that and he never cussed at me. So I don't want to get enough phone calls from him. <laughs> I want to make that clear. Yeah. He, he, he just, he's hard hard person to impress but it's for a good reason yeah but yeah I, I wanted to get that out there i meant to say it earlier but yeah so casey, casey decides to watch this one now and makes it this far yeah never did this. yeah make sure if you're listening to this that you heard that from yeah. here that yeah, that you're too. a good dad yeah 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 he, he is he is funny when he wants to be yeah <laughs> he, he's still a turd as my dad so he's gonna He's gonna be a turd to me, but for mm -hmm. reason. But yeah, he he never did anything like that to me. Yeah, yeah, so that's good. Yeah, I he, clear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's clear that up. That's yeah. definitely good. So yeah, I definitely appreciate you letting me come here, and I definitely look forward to having you back on the oh, yeah. podcast. I, I, I was about to say I wouldn't mind coming back whenever later on down the road. So what me and you both have gotten into since. Uh, yeah, most like, definitely. So. I definitely appreciate your welcome here anytime. Yeah, that's how it, that's how I really actually this place to be. Like even if they don't uh, participate in classes, they're like friends that I know. People I know like just hang out. I've had people come and hang out before that don't take you just see what's going on. Yeah, like how everybody's been kind of thing, and they'll watch class. So that's that's how it is. Like I said, uh, we offer four free classes, open four days a week, and. Uh, Start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, well, this one price gets you unlimited classes, unlimited topics. So, so I, I try and offer as much as I can for the least amount of money. Yeah, absolutely. To get people in here. So, but yeah, uh, they'd like to be a part of it. They're more than welcome. If they just want to come and hang out, they're more than welcome. So. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's good. Uh, yeah, like you said, we all got to start somewhere. So I think you know, for anybody that's watching this, that 
as you know wanting to have their full circle moment of any dream that y'all are trying to pursue just know that you got to start somewhere and know that it's not always going to be an easy like task to take on there's going to be hard things to overcome there will be challenges but know that it's gonna it could basically like that saying like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger like you're going to come out of it even bigger and better because of those hard moments and even though it may not feel good to go through those moments at the time but you yeah that's having that strength and then seeing you yourself years down the road and saying like if i didn't go to that moment i may not be where i'm at now so so i hope that anybody that's watching this you know y'all uh pursue your dreams and go after it and you know don't give up so anyways everybody i definitely appreciate y'all watching or listening if you're listening to this from any of the podcast streaming platforms and i guess i will see y'all in the next episode of not your average joel have a good rest of your day thank you everybody for listening to another episode of not your average joel you should know the drill by now but just in case if you don't my podcast is available not only on youtube but also on most podcast streaming platforms, my Instagram page at Not Your Average Joel Podcast, and I'll also have a website that you can visit at NotYourAverageJoelPodcast.com. My episodes will be coming out every Wednesdays going forward, so be sure to come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Thank you once again for your support, and I will talk to you all in the next episode of Not Your Average Joel. Goodbye.